Calling all benders and non-benders alike. Jump into the epic world of Avatar with your favorite podcast, Avatar, Braving the Elements. Hosted by me, Janet Varney. And me, Dante Bosco. Each week we'll recap and discuss a new episode. So come join us and our amazing guests from creators to cast to superfans to chat about all things Avatarverse. It's Fire Nation time. Book of Fire. Let's go. Listen to Avatar Braving the Elements wherever you get your podcasts. This is a podcast from Minute Media. Welcome to Lock and Key Unlocked, a podcast about Lock and Key on Netflix and the comic books by Joe Hill and Gabriel Rodriguez. I'm Alex. (laughs) I'm Justin. I'm Pete. And we are going to be talking about season two, episode two of Lock and Key, The Head and the Heart. Now, this is streaming on Netflix right now, so go check it out if you haven't. But brief bit of recap here uh, right at the top of the second season. Eden and Gabe, two demons who are looking to do something, created a new key using some whispering iron. We find out exactly what it's capable of or not really at all at the beginning of this episode. It does some stuff. It's doing something. It it does some stuff. Uh, And uh, we find out a little bit more about that as well as how keys are made as they try to do whatever their plan is, move that to the next stage. Meanwhile, the locks are dealing with a couple of problems, specifically the problem that when you turn 18, you lose all memory of magic. So Tyler's girlfriend, Jackie, is slowly losing her memory here. Another big thing you should probably know is that back in the day, Rendelock, their dad, and all of his friends used the keys. They, as we reestablish here, did keep their memories, or at least some of them did, of the keys in different ways. That's something that we saw a little bit in the first season. And one of them, Aaron Voss, has been in oh, a care Aaron facility Voss. for decades at this yeah. point. I believe we knew this, if I remember correctly, from I can't remember honestly whether this was we knew this from the comic book or from the show, but I think because you're the show. over 18, that's why you can't remember anymore. You've I lost the magic of yeah. comic books. I honestly All don't right. know what we're doing right now. I'm just kind of on autopilot at this point. But Erin Voss was trapped inside of her own head by Dodge. Uh who is also Gabe because of the identity key, this uh, face-transforming key. So we loop back to that this episode. The other thing that we should... Well, I mean, we don't have to mention that Rendell died. Rendell died, and Nita is single. Oh, <laughs> wow. Kind of what you did to him. Oh, Big geez. single. I mean, but the other Later. thing you should know is their job pre-death for Rendell was renovating places together. So that's something that she gets back to this episode. He was renovating them. Yes, he was. Oh, oh boy. That's very good. Wow. That's really good. <laughs> wow. Dad jokes always. And Scott, who is a romantic interest of Kinsey's, even though the Kinsey is technically with Gabe. The good option. Applied to a elite film school in Rochester, not Rochester, upstate oh, New York, unfortunately, boo. but actually Rochester yeah, in the, the UK. The real Rochester. And so he is waiting to hear back about that. I'm sure there's a couple of more things we could talk about. Bodhi. The one thing I guess I'll mention is that Bodie was good friends with a kid named Rufus, who since has gone to Nebraska. Rufus. We haven't seen Rufus yet this season, but he is sans friends at the moment. So I think that's something we pick back up with here. Hmm. So let's talk about this. I think we were all really positive about the first episode and how it reestablished everything right at the beginning. But what about the second one, Justin? I think you were even higher on this one. Uh, this episode is Super excellent. Uh, it brings all the elements together. We've got 
intrigue in between our villains. We've got um, we're going back into some history here. We are going. I I mentioned this last episode. We're definitely going to get to see this production of the Tempest that we know from the comic books. But it mentioned in the last episode. Mentioned the second episode. If you haven't read the comics, just know this is such a fun. Thing And I feel like we're going to get to see it this season since we've already heard about it twice. The Aaron Voss stuff was super cool. I just thought this this episode is moving faster than the first season, I feel like, and in a bunch of different directions that I find all uh, very exciting. What about I, you, Pete? As always, I agree with Justin. Um, yeah, I mean, also <laughs> the part where they were holding up the... Uh, it was like they were holding up the comic book, like, read the thing. It's unbelievable. If you're having fun with this show, like, why wouldn't you read this? Look at this cool Tempest stage that looked like it was ripped right from the comic. But, uh, yeah, I think the what I'm really enjoying is the relationship stuff. Like, this Ooh. Scott, Kinsey, like, kind of vibe is really nice. And I you hope- ship Gabe and Kinsey, right? Let's not no, forget that. We no, established you're that. a Kinsey shipper. Kinsey. Nope. How dare you? Um, Hashtag Cabe. Also, we should mention that uh, Bodhi likes to be Hercules, and he's fantastic at it. Mm -hmm. All the time. So let's talk through some of these plot lines. I think we could start with the Dima stuff, since it is relatively separate. Again, we kick it off with the big reveal, the Goop Key. They unlock the Goop Key. That's pretty exciting. The Sludgenator. (laughs) The Sludgenator. Yeah, they get this key, trap a sailor. Not a very hard thing to do, be honest. Oh, but, come well, on. Real quick, Sailor uh, is a very... <laughs> what is a man? He's sailing he's a, a fisherman. fisherman. He's driving a boat called the Codfather, and he comes yeah. late at night by himself. Sailor implies some sort of whistling crew, uh, happily what? swapping the decks. This man is a, a boatsman. He's a... A boatswain? A boat driver. He seems he seems like a nice guy, but he's he a fisherman. Way too chill about rolling up on a stranger who hasn't moved the whole time. Yeah, and he's smiling evilly, mind you. Yeah, the, the Eden. Yes, um, I thought this beginning was like creepy and sort of storybooky in a great yeah, way. Fun. And this poor fisherman gets baited into becoming a big old big fisherman. Old st- gets baited. Wow. Uh, who saw that coming? Uh, uh, gets He gets sludgified with just a couple bones hanging around. And that seemed to be not what they wanted, but I'm very mm-hmm. curious what they wanted. Because I feel like yes. it was something close, but just not this. Also, I, you don't stab somebody with the key. You got to, like, find out where the hole appears, right? Isn't that how it works? Yeah, you got to try all of their holes. That's no, what you're saying, Pete? No, I'm just saying that, like, he just straight up, like, shivved them with the key. Like, what did you think yeah. was going to happen? It's, you're saying every every hole is a, a lock that you have to unlock. Mm-hmm. That's what you're saying, right, Pete? But, nope. That's not. not you're always, sounds like what you're you're always telling me to unlock my butthole. <laughs> what? Right? <laughs> I have not one time said that Every to you. time you go to the bathroom, you're like, oh, time to unlock my butthole. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> That's the yeah, worst. Let, that's as long you. as it doesn't that's make that me. noise. I, I've never said that. As long as it doesn't make that noise. Yeah. <laughs> oh. <laughs> awful, awful, awful noise. I We speculated a little bit on the last podcast that they were trying to do maybe some sort of death key, given that they sludgenated this guy. I don't think it's a death key. I think it does something yeah. else. It's a demon key. It looks like it turns but, you into mm. like a monster or something. Yeah, it may maybe it reveals it becomes a way of vesseling people in a different way. I I don't know, but yes, I don't think it just kills people, but it must be do something that transforms them in a way that we just don't know about yet. 
Yeah. And we do get good stuff over the course of this episode. There's also the big reveal here that they have Kinsey's fear being held hostage. Oh, in the yeah. Shack, which is pretty I cool. love that. And the uh, fear loves sludgy bones, it turns out, mm-hmm. like loves to gnaw on it. I mean, that's a good metaphor. Sludgy bones. Yeah, there's a beautiful uh, 90s uh, pop song. Yeah, beautiful words there. Uh, Well, what do we think about the rest of what's going on as Gabe? uh, We can kind of, I think, talk through the Gabe and Eden stuff separately because it does very much run on its own track, even as it does intersect with these other plot lines. But Gabe spends most of the episode trying to find out how to make keys. And I think the big moment here is when he doesn't get the information from Kinsey at their big date at... Was it Steve's Pizza? Stan's Pizza. Stan's Pizza. Uh, a huge Stan's date. Huge what a flex. Date. Yes. Huge stance. I mean, he was having fun with it. He was poking fun at the fact that he got a reservation there. I thought that was a cute moment, even though I, I, I'm a Ginzy chipper, personally. So, oh, yeah. come on. I'm with you Pete, and Pete on that. No, you and Pete stop. Are huge. No. Yeah, maybe but, they're going to uh, work it, it out. It was very cute, even though he didn't find out any information about the keys from her. He had that freak out moment when she was yeah, trying but, to get inside of what's up, Pete. He had he got the information. She uh, let it spill that, you know, you you know, use the ghost key to go to the graveyard, talk to the old ghost and you'll get the info. Yeah. Chamberlain Locke is there. And yeah. we do get that just hanging scene. out. Where first he tricks Bodhi, which very fun montage. I love the idea that yep. he's like, oh, I got Kinsey, her favorite, yeah. Dr. Pepper and Twizzlers. Yeah. And let me say, Dr. Pepper and Twizzlers, that would get me. Oh, man, that would get you That's so JTB. hyped. That's oh. JTB. <laughs> me too, 100%. Dr. Pepper, really good soda. Best soda. Not yeah. the best, but good. What's the best soda, Pete? Mountain Dew all day. What are you talking no, about? That's wrong. You are that a is wrong. Come psychopath. On. Your Come taste on, buds man. were uh, are an electric guitar riff from the, <laughs> the 90s. Dr. Pepper is one of these sodas that I never, ever have because I never remember it exists. But every time I have it, I'm like, oh, this is good. This is good stuff. And you oh, got to take the Twizzlers. You bite the ends off. Use oh, you use a straw. Sure, yeah. Good time. That's yeah. a good time. You used to be able to open a Dr. Pepper and have a little, like, joke, or a, you would win a free one or something under the cap. Mm. That soda was speaking my language. Wow. Good, good times. You definitely would have been taken in by Gabe, though, as you mentioned. And as I mentioned, very fun montage. They use the Hercules key. They use the mending cabinet. I love that. I love them just having a good time with the keys, even though Gabe obviously has an ulterior motive. Oh, well, especially like a montage like that where it's like, all right, let's break something. And it's like, let's fix it. (laughs) Let's mend it. I love that sort of rebellious to a point. And then let's cautiously put it back where it belongs. Yeah. 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 Whenever my parents went away, I would always clean up their party is the thing that I do. It'd be like, it'd be messy by the time we get back. You're like, yeah, you uh, you were a reverse um, teenager, essentially. <laughs> yeah, good old inside-out teenager. But then ultimately, Gabe is trying to trick him into using the ghost key. I loved the horrible line. What does he say? Something like, see you later, you little shit, or something. Yeah, yeah. Like, <laughs> little yeah. asshole, yeah. Yeah. And then he talks to Chamberlain Locke. Now, let's talk about the scene, because I think there's a couple of interesting things that happen here. First of all, we get to see Chamberlain Locke again, so now we know... He's just a ghost, hangs out of the family graveyard all day long, waiting for people to talk to. Please, somebody well, go talk to him. You know what I mean? It's very like role-playing game character, where you go to the same spot, and he's like, hello, I say similar things every time you come here. <laughs> mm-hmm. Oh, I didn't see you there. Would you like to talk about keys, yeah, graves, exactly. or 
Goodbye. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Uh, but there's another thing going on in the scene other than Gabe finding out how you make keys has to be with a drop of blood, which is a Ooh, new thing for the that, TV series, not for the comics. I like that, though. I right. Yeah. Cool. But also that's going to be hard, right? Because he can't use his blood because he's an echo. Right. So, like, that's an interesting wrinkle in his plan. You're always saying can't get blood from an echo. That's your famous phrase, catchphrase yeah, after yeah, unlock yeah. my butthole. Oh my god! The fact that you couldn't even make it through that sentence without laughing I'm is very embarrassing. I'm very embarrassed. Angry. That was your yearbook quote in high school. Right? <laughs> my butthole. Yeah, you almost nope. couldn't graduate because of that, right? No, that is not correct. Well, the other thing that I wanted to mention the scene though is there's a very weird shot where it looks like it's from behind some trees watching them. Yeah. What do you think's going on there? Well, that made me think it was just meant to cast some suspicion on this scene. Like, it feels like Chamberlain, while is very upfront with information, feels like he's maybe a little bit more aware of what's happening here. Um, and that maybe he doesn't trust Gabe as much as it seemed from the, the, uh, the, what happened in the scene. Yeah, I was trying to think of, like, either somebody's watching or maybe there's a key over there or something that's, like, going to be important later. Yeah. Well, whatever it is, by the end, he seemingly has the information how to make a key. They're just going to need probably some more whispering iron. So I guess we'll find out about that and what's going on. I did like how he was like, you went near the caves. That's not a good idea. Mm-hmm. <laughs> well, but also to me, that's where I think Chamberlain was like, that's gives away the fact that he might be uh, related to what's coming through the black door. Oh yeah. Um, so like I, I, that's what I'm, I'm curious about if we're going to find Chamberlain who if next time Bodhi shows up, he's like, Hey, that Gabe dude's going to kill you or like whatever. <laughs> uh, and yeah. Chamberlain just can't, doesn't have a lot of agency to just show up at the house with some new info. Yeah. That's why Chamber- you always got to go out and talk to your ghosts. Always. Like, don't wait for always. the ghosts to come to you. Yeah, go yeah, check yeah, in yeah. with your ghosts. Yeah, you That's go knock why, on the door, bring a bunt cake. They love that. When a I'm ghost bunt cake. Yeah. Playing a video game, too, I constantly talk to the NPCs just in case they're going to change up what they say. I like to make at least three to six rounds. Oh, talk just to, to see the changes. NPCs. Yeah, if you guys want to come over and talker. play video games at any point with me and just watch me play video games, I'd love to have you. I <laughs> yeah, I'd love to watch you talk to not to NPCs the whole time. <laughs> yeah. not, we shouldn't talk. Oh, Us no, two NPCs to shouldn't talk to each other. Yeah, I, I prefer complete silence other than the NPCs. Yeah, I live that me. life. I don't need to watch it. <laughs> Uh, why don't we move on and talk about Tyler and Jackie, because this is a very sad emotional storyline oh, here. Did the Eight. 51st dates move there with the video? Oh, it was so nice. I'm sure that's what they wrote in the script. Yeah. 50, 50, they didn't even yeah. write the dialogue. No lies. 51st date it. <laughs> yeah, just come on. <laughs> but they I, were so cute together in the video. So the broad overview of the plot here, and maybe I'm forgetting some bits, but Tyler... They get a new teacher, who's Josh, who we'll talk about in a second when we talk smoke about Josh. Show. Fuck that fucking piece of shit. Fuck that. No way, dude. Fuck that fucking asshole. Oh, I'm man. so sorry. He There is something up with him, but he's no. bringing some, some dude, strong come on, fall man. looks. You can't trust a guy who has a miniature houses in his house. No. That's I evil. When I, 
I have a miniatures of all your houses. When I first was dating <laughs> my creepy. wife, I was like, let me, it's just so I could imagine where you are when you're not near me. <laughs> oh Mostly pizza unlocking his butthole in the bathroom. Oh, it's exactly, well, you believe me, I have that all represented in my dollhouse version of Pete <laughs> with a fully unlocked, uh, articulated butthole. Uh, but yeah, this. this dude looks like he walks straight off of the set of Grey's Anatomy and onto uh, lock and key. Very hot teacher going on there. But what we find out is a very fun line from Doug where he says that the new teacher always gives a surprise quiz. And of course he does, but this is bad news for Jackie because she's forgetting the magic. She doesn't remember the reading that they threw into her head through yeah. the head key door. I think she does remember the reading. She just doesn't remember how it got into her head. So, cause that's, I think what Tyler's, no, trying, but to, Tyler's it, trying to say, don't worry about whether or not you read them. Just think about the questions. You will yeah. know the answers because it's in your head. You just you know that you didn't read it is that's what the stumbling block is, mm, which I thought was a cool, okay. important difference because he's trying to say the magic still works. You just can't perceive it anymore. Uh, and uh, I think that's maybe a difference that will come become important later on. Yeah. Either way, it was just kind of heartbreaking because she knew the answers if she would give it a try. And she walked it up there and was like, I didn't do the reading, you know, and it's it's tough because like. What what's he going to do? You know what I mean? He can't like stop and jump up in the middle of class and be like, don't let her turn that test in. So that was uh, it led to a better kind of reveal with the video. So I was real happy about that. It is really interesting. And I know we talked about this a little bit the last episode, but I do feel partially what the way they're playing the Jackie thing is a dementia storyline. But with a teenager in this case, which is Benjamin Button in it. Yeah. Not exactly what I would call it. Benjamin Button is a very different thing than dementia. But well, it's reverse. It's the teen, you know what I mean? No, I, I don't no. think so. <laughs> I, think, I think they're two different things. I don't want to characterize them as the same thing at all. I'm not saying they're the same, but I'm, uh, never mind. Yeah. It's okay. Uh, thank you. I'm glad it's okay. So she is forgetting this memory loss thing. I loved the video that they make for her to remember magic stuff. It also made me kind of upset and nervous at the same time, because thinking about if you don't remember any of these things and magic keeps getting wiped out of your head, if you forget it and then your boyfriend is like, Hey, watch this video where we talk about all this magic stuff. And you also don't remember any of that. That's upsetting on a whole different level. Yeah. We've 100%. seen 50 first dates, bro. We know how the emotional roller coaster is going to go. You first off, Pete. I feel like you feel like you need to see Fifty First Date fifty times, and you don't. You can just see it the once. No, you can if you really want to understand it. You got to see it the fifty. Um, I I agree with you, Alex. I think this strategy is not going to work, and it's only going to be like more and more upsetting. Um, the more they go deep down this path. But to the point that you were making, Justin, I like how this is played because it is played as a beautiful rom-com moment like Pete is talking about, and it works on that yeah. level. It only doesn't work when you stop to think about it for a second. So that's good. Like, I think they know that, and I think they're going to pay it off at some point later. So that's nice to see. Why don't we jump over to Nina's storyline, since we mentioned that already. So uh, what we get here, she is working on the uh, theater. Again, reference to the whole Tempest thing. Josh, yes. I believe, is the name of the teacher. Evil Josh. Yes. Evil Josh. Josh. Evil the Josh. Most, the most no. 
steamy McDreamy name possible. Don't fall for that bullshit. He walks in his chin. That is a chiseled chin. And he's got the right amount of stubble. The stubble is strong. Who even cares? Did you see the way he talked to her? He cares about sound fidelity. He cares about sound fidelity when it comes to. That's not the name of the gig. She's trying to restore. She's trying to do some. He comes in there and he just because he likes wood, he's a complete asshole to her. What is his deal with the wood? wood. You must respect the wood. Mm -hmm. Hey, hey, there's a difference between respecting wood and then having evil little miniatures of big wood houses. So I don't know what the fuck his deal is, but I don't trust him. I don't think you're supposed to trust him at this point, particularly given the reveal that he has a miniature of Keyhouse sitting in his office. Presumably, it's his office where he has it. But at the same time, he puts off Nina by mansplaining how theaters work and how upholstery works to her. And then he immediately, upon seeing that they both have kids at the same school, Who are friends. apologizes about it, buys her coffee explains that he was wrong, shows her the carpeting and everything, and they have a nice, cute conversation. So I think you're not supposed to know how he feels, how to feel about him yet. Pete, I know you're very much in the negative. Justin, do you think he's a good guy or a bad guy or somewhere in between at this point? I think somewhere in between. Well, I'm not calling you on Pete, you, Pete, because you have made your feelings very clear. Yeah, but yeah. why would you sit there and say, oh, I don't know. He could be a good guy. He is evil as fuck and treated her very poorly off the jump. But then he if he was truly evil trying to like win sway with her like the way that Gabe does, he would have never crossed her in that first meeting. And the way he made up for it by getting her coffee, having our architectural plans. He like, wore he did, like, her nine down. Things. It was like... All I'm saying is I feel like the shot of him and Keyhouse, of course we see that and we're like, that's bad. That's a bad thing for someone to have. Yeah. But I feel like they're going to find a way to make it maybe good. And I think what honestly what's going to happen is she's going to get close with him and they're going to have like a nice relationship and then he's going to get straight up murdered at some point. <laughs> no. <laughs> yeah, that seems yes. kind of accurate but to me. I, I also ahead. think the other side of this, which is the most important side, is Bodhi's friendship with the daughter. What's wrong with that? No, that's what I'm saying. Like, that's an important thing. Like, if Bodhi can have someone who's young and knows about magic, and they and now he's got somebody to fight the bad guys together, mm-hmm. like the older brother-sister conversation on the bench when they were like, we're not going to be able to, we're going to get old, and then Bodhi's got to fight on, him, on his own. Well, let me, just to get back to Josh, and then we can talk about the friend. Uh, I agree with Justin here because the reveal of the key house model definitely makes you think, ooh, this guy has a secret agenda. But I do think there's going to be a twist there in terms of we don't know exactly what's going on. The other thing that I think is important is he mentions that he's really into, I believe he says, Revolutionary War era New England, which we saw in the first episode. So if anything... He could be good. He could be evil. But I do think we're going to get some sort of reveal in terms of he has a crucial piece of information about that period and the origins of the keys and the black door and all of these things. Um, So that potentially could be what's going on there. But I guess we'll see going forward. Because if you sift through his obsession with wood, it wasn't even about the wood itself. It was about the history associated with it. And Yeah, but he was super aggressive about it. And it was... uh, borderline psychotic 
it, well, I, I mean, I agree. It's, we're meant to see it as weird. Nina was like, ooh, this guy's cute. This guy's an absolute smoke show. He stepped right out of an episode of Grey's Anatomy. Ooh, his stubble's really good. I mean, he, she went on and on mentally. Mentally. We're just mm-hmm. reading the You TV. don't know that. Yeah, you that's what she's reading in her mind, in her looks, because Darby yeah. Stashfield yeah. is such a good actress that yep. she's talking she to me straight through the screen. Like me and Justin, exactly. she's talking to us all the 100%. time. Nope. I paused it and I just said all those things that I keep saying. And I can't stop saying like <laughs> the word smoke show. I can't stop saying it. He's like a warm cup of a pumpkin spice latte every time I put my eyes on him. Yeah. And I'll Uh-oh, tell you what. Is fall coming or is it just Josh, the new character on Lock and Key season two? Yeah. Um, I Ooh. thought you were going to say something else after you said it's fall coming or uh, <laughs> oh, <laughs> come out. Going to have to um, unlock something else other than my butthole for that one. Exactly. Oh, um, no. Consider it unlocked. But what I was saying is if you read, if you look at maybe sort of a reason why that scene, it, what it tells us about Josh, he's obsessed with history and his talk about the Revolutionary War. I think we're going to get something like Alex is saying about he's going to have some knowledge about Keyhouse and maybe in relation to the demon that walked out of the Revolutionary War cave in the black door. That we yeah, saw he, he's seen. that demon. Yeah, I don't or think he's that demon. He is that demon. His granddad. I don't, yeah, I don't, Dad, check the timeline on that real quick. But I, I, I think maybe he is is meant to fight against what comes out of there, and is is someone who is maybe knows about it in a way that will help the Locke family. And well, then let's talk straight about up, then he'll straight up die. Yes, one hundred percent. But let's he's talk too about hot G- for this world. He's too hot. That's what he'll say as he's dying. He'll be like, "I was too hot for this <laughs> world." Uh, and everyone, the, everyone there will nod their heads like, "Yup, you were yeah, too hot. You were a smoke show. I'm going to stubble. Gonna, that was I'm going to be sitting there shaking my head, saying, yeah, like, like a warm blanket bye. of a man. You're going to love every, him by the end of the season. That's my prediction right now. I don't know what's going to happen, but something's going to happen. You'll be like, this is the best rom nope, yep. of all time. And that's when he'll die. Yes. I'd like to go on 51st dates with Josh. Oh, boy. Yes. Speaking of Josh, or rather his daughter, Jamie, who befriends Bodie, I thought these were very cute and nice. I love the scene. Loved it. Love the very scene cute. of Bodie being like, hey, try to take this key from me. And she's like, all right. <laughs> Takes it. He's like, great, you're not a demon. Here's all the information you need to know about everything. Yeah. Very fun. It was fun. And I was like, is this a scientific test of that rule? And it, <laughs> I guess, was. But I was like, when she took it, I was like, I don't know, man. That's not a good test. Mm-hmm. I I thought every single part of this was magic. It was nice to see uh, Bodie kind of uh, be able to make a connection with somebody and get somebody on his level. I'm excited to see what they team up, what they can do together and what's going to happen. It could be a, a little, be a little fun. The only thing I'm worried about is if the dad is creepy. You know what I mean? Uh, it, hopefully that doesn't mean the daughter is as well. I don't think she is. I think this is a chance to give. She does seem absolutely fantastic. I'm excited. Uh, I was certainly worried in that moment that she was going to have her face change or something like that. But I think ultimately this is. But he doesn't have a Rufus now. So this is to give him another friendship, another confidant to have around because. As usual, Tyler and Kinsey are off doing their own things and not listening to him. So he needs somebody to team up with. Yeah. Yeah. And it's great because I also think we learned that um, that Jamie's mom, Josh's um, uh, wife, who no doubt was also a smoke show, um, oh, died. What? We don't know how she died, right? Like it may yeah, be something exactly. that is related to. Uh, Maybe she said stuff. something about wood one time and he killed her. Yeah. Maybe she kept saying, 
unlock your butthole on a podcast and he killed her. I wish <laughs> if, if we were in the same place, I would punch you because you're over the line. I am. It's too much. That's the last time I'm going to say it. 100% definitely. So what else should we talk about? We should definitely talk about, we touched on Kinsey a little bit, but everything that's going on with her. Oh, we should jump and of course talk about the big ending of the episode where they realize maybe Aaron Voss has some information oh. About how to keep their memories. Love this sequence. I love that they oh. devoted so much time to it. It was so well filmed, so well emotional at the end too. Oh Good my stuff. god! Yeah, the way that um, it's scary inside her head. Um, it's a, f- a flickering, empty high school. Everything's disintegrating. Um, and I, you know, I joked in our last episode about you know what this show needs more locks, <laughs> and Aaron Voss is a lock. Uh, no E at the end. She is someone that they unlock in this episode. Yeah. And uh, she is now going to be uh, part of the show, like, which I just that last moment of her looking at her hands, the way that, like you're saying, Alex, the way that the emotional uh, stakes of her realizing she's been trapped and her physical body has aged uh, all these years, everything she's lost, seeing Rendell's kids and knowing that they're not also her kids when she loved, loved him, still loves him. I thought this was doing so much all at the same time while also be visu- being visually interesting and, and awesome. Yeah, it was really impressive, the emotional roller coaster. We go on it. And it was also tough because the whole time you're like, hey, you don't forget to ask about the how do they get the memories. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> hey, I know you're dealing with a lot here, but we came here for a reason and we kind of saved you. So could you, like, help us out with this thing? But, uh, man, just... She was so, I, I was really impressive. You saw the knife, you're like, oh God, what's happening? Uh, but then it was it was understandable and everything made sense. And it was like, oh yes, let's get her out of here. And it was this interesting thing where we had this other scene where somebody's like dealing with getting older. And then we have somebody who's young and is dealing with like, oh, I'm old now. You know what I mean? It's like, sometimes you wake up and you're like, am I really 40? Like, what the fuck? How did that happen? You know what I mean? Hmm. No, that became that very feeling. personal right there at the end. But yeah. I absolutely understand what you're saying. And I think you're 100% correct to draw that comparison between what we were talking about with the Jackie pseudo dementia storyline and also what's happening here, which I think works on the level of metaphor of a coma patient waking up and being like, oh, my God, yeah. I lost all of this time. And we only get to see that, like you were saying, Justin, in that last reaction where she's looking at her hands, I guess a little bit when the young Aaron Voss is also looking herself in the face, which I cannot, I know it's magic, so it would never happen, but I couldn't help watch that without putting myself in that position and think, what would that be like yeah. if you saw yeah. suddenly old your older you. self decades down the and road? And you're like, I have to be this old person? Yeah. Like, oh, wow. Uh-uh. Not but I thought that was, we don't really know Aaron Voss as a character too much yet. I thought that showed a great deal of bravery on her part. Yeah. To do that and take ownership of that and use the head key herself. I thought that was a really nice cho- choice and made me very excited to see her character going forward in the series. Yeah, and I hope she sticks around um, to be sort of the in-the-know mentor for the kids who clearly need it. And, uh, and I, don't I, know. I don't know. As a I part might... of the story, I don't know where she fits with so much going on. If you got, like, woken up out of this thing, I might just be like, okay, I'm getting the fuck away from all of this. Good luck, guys. Like, I don't know why you're playing with fire, 
But good luck to you. Next episode up is up with uh, Kinsey to asking Tyler, hey, where's Aaron? And Tyler's like, oh, she left for Vegas like five hours ago. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Or maybe we're going to get, not to, to stay on the theme that Pete established, maybe we're going to get a um, a, a, um, a Billy Madison type situation where she goes back to finish high school. She goes back uh, to school. Oh, wow. Right. But she already fell out, so she has to start at the beginning with kindergarten, just like Billy Madison. Right. That's exactly right. Yeah, yeah. Uh, it's all that. happening. The whole Adam Sandler oeuvre <laughs> is clearly on display in this series. Do you think this it's is well all done. a tease for Netflix's upcoming Sandman? Because uh, Adam, Sandler Adam Sandler is the Sandman. <laughs> oh wow! And they have a Sandman series. Wow! Wow! Um, I'm sorry. Um, we yeah, are yeah, in, yeah. Uh, I apologize <laughs> for even bringing that up. So there were a lot of other things that we skipped over in the episode. Uh, I'm going to look through my notes here, but is there anything you guys wanted to call out in particular? Uh, yes, a couple things. Um, first off, Gabe's fun button-down shirt over a T-shirt look is a personal attack, I feel like, <laughs> on, on me in high school. Like, maybe I dress that way a little bit. Maybe I am a demon. But boy, did I. Was I, I felt exposed in that moment. Wow. Mm. I'm the only one. I'm the only one feeling that heat. Maybe. Yep. Is this at the first day of school? Which I also thought was yeah. a very fun way of beginning the episode. I liked Kinsey showing up and Gabe showing her around. Again, just I'm talking to Pete here as the big uh, Kinsey shipper on the show. But yep. uh, I thought that was very cute. Also just liked all the breakfast stuff in the morning with Tyler and Bodie. Sweet. That was Yes. That, them helping out Nina. Like, it was yeah. nice to see the family sort of working together in a way that mm-hmm. wasn't with their lives uh, at stake. And, and then all the stuff where where Kinsey's like, hey, I want to get in your head, Gabe. Like, I loved all that. The tension Yeah, that, that was uh, like... Gabe feeling threatened a little bit, uh, being a little bit messing up, essentially. All, and it, we see, okay. like, Kinsey move fully towards Scott in this episode. Mm-hmm. Um. Yes, and I'm very excited about that. Like, she can barely keep it together when she's around Scott, which is making me happy. Here's the thing I want to talk about. Like, I was really impressed with a lot of the acting in this episode. Like, to see Gabe, this kind of, like, just vessel for this evil thing, struggle with the, I have to keep it together, otherwise there's no way I'll get anything from Kinsey. You know what I mean? To, like, hey, drop it. Like, for a second, kind of have, like, a moment of, like, a little bit of, like, uh, uh, kind of anger there. It was really impressive, that balance, uh, that actor walked, and it really felt uh, spot on with a lot of the choices. It made everything, like, the tension of the date even though it was kind of like fun like knowing that he had this agenda so uh, i was really impressed with that and then the uh you know the coma lady aaron voss there was just uh that was absolutely unbelievable to see just the look at the hands moment was so fucking powerful the we talked about this a little bit the last episode but i think this episode really doubles down for me on the fact that Gabe actually does feel something for Kinsey. I don't think it's love. It's probably possession or some sort of negative emotion there. But I don't think he just wants Kinsey to to have a lock under his, you know, hold or whatever you want to call it. I think he really is jealous of Scott and he really doesn't like Scott and he really wants Kinsey to be with him. And like you're saying, Pete, I think there's a lot of interesting emotions that it's Griffin Gluck is the name of the actor is playing there. Uh, It's really cool to see the Gluckers. Is that what you just called him? The Glucker, bro. He's fucking, he's nailing it. The mother glucker. I I agree with you. And I think that may be part of uh, what the sort of the key to the skull key is. Oh, boy. Can we stop? 
I'm so sorry. It might be about him uh, sort of becoming a, a real boy uh, in some ways. Because mm. I do think one of his, his – he's jealous of Scott, and I think he's jealous because he knows that he can never love her. He can never give her what she needs to be happy. He can only lie to her and fool her for so long, and it's already unraveling. So I think that's going to continue to stress him out. And it's also like this whole thing of like having so much fun with Brody, like breaking things and stuff. But then as soon as like out of the air, like, fuck you, you little asshole. Or like just walking like, hey, I got to go. You know what I mean? Like just cold enough that it's okay and like distance. It was just really impressive. The choices that they were making and someone who loves the comic book so much to see the show making all these smart choices with the characters. uh, It's just it's very enjoyable. What? Glad you were finally able to put your love of the comic book out there, Pete. Yeah. What, so speaking of the comic book, though, something that was very surprising to me about this episode, getting back to Nina's storyline, is over the course of the comic, Nina is so broken and only gets more and more broken yeah. as things goes along, even when she decides to give up alcohol and move past her alcoholism. She's still put through the ringer almost all of the time. The Nina on the show, at least right now, is not like that. She dealt with that in the first season, definitely came to a catharsis, but it's interesting to see a very different Nina on a very different path here in the second season. Right, but also you're you're seeing... Like, she's still struggling with stuff. Mm -hmm. Like, they do this great kind of, like, foggy POV a little bit with her where you're kind of, like, still feeling the fact that she's not 100% and can kind of, like, come in and out of focus a little bit, which I'm glad. You know what I mean? I'm glad that things are complicated and things shouldn't be easily kind of, like, it shouldn't be like, okay, now she's just going to be with this Josh dude or whatever, like... It's nice to see the kind of complexity or at least the different levels to this character. Yeah. I Another couple of moments that I liked that I wanted to shout out. Liked the beginning of Bodhi's class when the girl is showing off her picture of her summer where she got earrings and Bodhi's like, I lifted a car over my head. Oh, my God. Very fun. It was fun. It felt a little. I'm curious. Does Bodhi not know that that's not cool? I feel like he does know (laughs) that. And he just wanted to do it anyway. Yeah. Uh, but it was funny. And he gets it brushed back with a teacher and he's like, okay, lady. I did well, that's, the Yeah, but that's the thing. It's like he's like going out of his way to be like, hey, listen, you can't tell anybody this is top secret. And then he's like holding up a thing in class like, hey, I lifted a car and spun around like a basketball. Very fun stuff. Also, shout out to Zadie, who actually gets lines in this episode. We talked about this last week, uh, last episode, excuse me. Asha Brumfield uh, is, I guess, the producer in charge of the Savinis is her job. Mm -hmm. So that was fun to see her leading the gang. They decided to do a sequel to The Splattering. We still need to see the entirety of The Splattering. Netflix needs to release that. So we're going to keep pushing that every episode. And Pete, since the last episode, have you tried the cocktail, The Splattering yet? No, no, not yet. I will work on that. Thank you for being on me about that. Though. Yeah, no problem. I yeah. just want to make sure we have it perfected for the final episode of the season so we can really do a nice toast. Oh, yeah, the, okay. the barf episode that we're doing. <laughs> um, splattering episode. The, uh, we've got to find out that the Hercules key is a unisex belt. Looks good for yeah. everybody. Really. Yeah, it works. Really good. Yeah. Uh, what do you think cool of belt. Abby? What's, they, they exposed the keys to Abby, so she exposed Abby to the keys. Still don't know her role here. Very curious what's going to come out of this. 
Yeah, like I said the last episode, even though it was nice to see Zadie talking again and Doug had a fun aside about, aside about the surprise quizzes and some stuff in that scene as well. Yeah, I don't Doug. know that they need to add more Savitis at this point because they're a little overloaded as it is. No, I I love them. I love the group. I want to see a Savini spinoff. Like, come on, but bring it on. A- but they're not spending enough time with them in the episodes, you know? But they will. They're you teasing. I- yeah, yeah. I think he was right. Uh, I think he was right last time. I think they are going to be fodder. Um, Mm -hmm. I would be willing if we could pick a couple Savinis that we think we're going to make it through this season. Well, we know Josh is not a Savini, but as the most handsome, he's going to be the first to die. So let's rank everybody in terms of attractiveness. I can't. I can't. Oh, I can't wait. That's the way. I can't. You go. I cannot wait for Josh to die. I can't wait for Josh to die. Uh, the only way Josh is going to die is if he looks in a mirror and the mirror is so uh, upset with showing us something so beautiful, it shatters on the, when his beautiful eyes meet it. Explodes. I got, I got an idea to throw out to you guys. I think, I don't know if he's going to be the first to die, but I bet Doug dies almost exactly the same way he dies in the splattering. Like we see Gabe, oh, that's a good oh, wow. splash him all over a windshield. He's going to be uh, dumping toxic waste in some kind of lake, and you think he's going to die? Yeah, one hundred percent, exactly. No variations. <laughs> also, Gabe shot. will be a giant lobster monster. Yeah, I mean it's possible. Uh, I guess but it, it would be, be really awesome if they did that. Yeah, um, a couple other things. Huge One Direction slam in this episode. Oh, yeah. Wow. Later. Shots uh, fired. Didn't know that we've turned that hard on 1D. Um, As what, a bunch of about, directioners on this podcast, we were all equally upset. Go ahead, Justin, yeah. with your next point. Directioners, <laughs> definitely the fan base for One Direction. Uh, what a, what a, how about that turtleneck on Gordy Shaw? Um, Come just on. Just dropping in there. He was the what understudy was the to Rendell Lund. with him? That was I don't a, know, but... He, he was a weird character to introduce that we're not going to see again. So I think we will see Gordy Shaw again. And mm-hmm. this also pivots to another theory I have. Are we going to see time travel in this season? Mm, I don't know. Because the, the Tempest has been established, and I feel like that could be a flashback. Uh, but I also feel like there's a lot of clues here about history. Josh is talking about history a lot. The giant rat skull could potentially be some, like, uh, ancient rat. Uh, that I think the rat king? Jokingly, Alex. But it feels like we're in the neighborhood where we could get, even if they're not act physically time traveling, they may be able to look back and sort of ride along with Rendell. We, as, I think we could spoil something for the comic books, right? This yeah. is something that Kinsey and Tyler do. They find a key that able to take them back through time so they are able to see from the beginning of the history of the lock uh, of Key House, of the Locke family. I think it goes back to the Revolutionary War times, but that's pretty much it. Um, so they're able to visit sort of in ghostly form and watch everything as it happens. That would be a bold move for them to do this season, but I would love it. And I think to your point, yeah. given that we've already seen the Revolutionary War, that we already have history, seeing them jump through those moments, that would be very ballsy as a move and then also Dragon ballsy. great <laughs> because it would feel like retroactively I'm sure there's a lot of things that they're setting up for that potential episode if so so that we loop back and we do see where the giant rat skull comes from we do see more of this revolutionary war thing it's like awesome. the Batman's penny you're not going to see it for a while all right don't get don't get it too excited Batman got that penny because he went to a gigantic penny arcade and they yep. ran out of gumballs, and he was like, well, better bring this back to my cave. 
Yeah, someone he just bought, he was buying a gumball, and he was like, here's your change. Sorry, it's one big penny. He's like, come on, it's never going to fit in my pocket. I guess I'll become a Batman and have a bat cave (laughs) full of penny. Mm -hmm. Before we wrap up here, what was the key moment in the episode? Pete, I'll go to you first for this one. Key moment in the episode. I just want to also just add, like, the watching the ghost thing happen, you know, from seeing it in the comic first, then seeing it kind of come to reality in the show has been a really fun. I enjoy when people kind of uh, use the ghost key and we get their kind of ghost form. I, I think that's really cool. Sometimes effects in TV shows don't line up, but I was really impressed with that. Okay. Cool. For me, the key moment was the bro sis hangout, talking about getting old, talking about uh, Brody. I really like that. I like them talking about things and sharing experiences uh, so that uh, they can like uh, really, I I don't like it when characters fight or not at teams and they have the information that could help each other. But since they're not talking, I don't get it. I want to keep that moving forward. Uh, My key moment um, is the Tyler Jackie stuff, Um, the memory and how that relates to the Aaron Voss revelations we got here at the end of the episode. I think this is what the, that's why I also feel like uh, time and looking back in time, memory, it's all sort of, that feels like a a season long theme. And to have that come into focus now feels like it has that emotional heft while also playing so much into the mythology of, of Key House that I'm dying to see. I feel like the key moment was when we first got to see Josh's chiseled chin come into frame. It was just really beautiful. Unbelievable. But as uh, a I could second draw it. one, I could like, draw it right now. Oh my God. From memory. Uh, a close second, though, I would say is Erin Voss unlocking her own head because she is just potentially such a wealth of information about absolutely everything from Dodge to the history of Rendell Lock to Key House to where the keys are. She may know how they can keep their memories of the keys past ET. And this is a crucial thing that completely changes the series. Plus the fact that I'm just excited to see Erin going forward, unless, of course, she skips off to Vegas. Either way, yeah. I guess we'll see what Vegas, happens. Maybe. Now, do you think that the magic has an understanding of the um, arrested development of the modern adult and how, like in a lot of ways, um, people of our generation don't really grow up and that people, maybe three men in their middle age, might still feel like children um, in some <laughs> Why, ways? just because they're taping a comic book podcast? It's a television podcast, which oh, is uh, grown, very grown me. up. Excuse me. Uh, real quick, Justin, would you like any Twizzlers and Dr. Pepper? I have some right here. <laughs> I'll be at your house in 10 minutes. <laughs> if you'd like to support our podcast, patreon.com slash comic book club. Also, we do a live show every Tuesday night at 7 p.m. to Crowdcast and YouTube. Come hang out. We would love to chat with you about Lock and Key. iTunes, Android, Spotify, Stitcher, or the app of your choice to subscribe, listen, and follow the show at Lock and Key Pod on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook, comicbookclublive.com for this podcast and many more. Until next time. Time, keep your buttholes unlocked right here. Release the splattering. <laughs> I have nothing to add. <laughs>